When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Chapter 32 of Little Women. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sarah Jennings. Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. Chapter 32 Tender Troubles. Joe, I'm anxious about Beth. Why, Mother, she has seemed unusually well since the babies came. It's not her health that troubles me now, it's her spirits. I'm sure there is something on her mind, and I want you to discover what it is. What makes you think so, Mother? She sits alone a good deal, and doesn't talk to her father as much as she used. I found her crying over the babies the other day. When she sings, the songs are always sad ones, and now and then I see a look in her face that I don't understand. This isn't like Beth, and it worries me. Have you asked her about it? I have tried once or twice. But she either evaded my questions or looked so distressed that I stopped. I never force my children's confidence, and I seldom have to wait for long. Mrs. March glanced at Joe as she spoke, but the face opposite seemed quite unconscious of any secret disquietude but Beth's, and after sewing thoughtfully for a minute, Joe said, I think she is growing up, and so begins to dream dreams and have hopes and fears and fidgets, without knowing why or being able to explain them. "'Why, mother, Beth's eighteen, but we don't realize it, "'and treat her like a child, forgetting she's a woman.' "'So she is. Dear heart, how fast you do grow up,' "'returned her mother with a sigh and a smile. "'Can't be helped, Marmy, so you must resign yourself "'to all sorts of worries and let your birds hop out of the nest one by one. "'I promise never to hop very far, if that is any comfort to you.' "'It's a great comfort, Joe. I always feel strong when you are at home, "'now Meg is gone.' Beth is too feeble, and Amy too young to depend upon, but when the tug comes, you are always ready. Why, you know I don't mind hard jobs much, and there must always be one scrub in a family. Amy is splendid in fine works, and I'm not, but I feel in my element when all the carpets are to be taken up, or half the family fall sick at once. Amy is distinguishing herself abroad, but if anything is amiss at home, I'm your man. I leave Beth to your hands, then, for she will open her tender little heart to her Joe sooner than to anyone else. Be very kind, and don't let her think that anyone watches or talks about her. If she would only get quite strong and cheerful again, I shouldn't have a wish in the world. Happy woman, I've got heaps. My dear, what are they? I'll settle Bethy's troubles, and then I'll tell you mine. They are not very wearing, so they'll keep. And Joe stitched away with a wise nod which set her mother's heart at rest about her, for the present at least. Well, apparently absorbed in her own affairs, Joe watched Beth, 
and after many conflicting conjectures finally settled upon one which seemed to explain the change in her. A slight incident gave Joe the clue to the mystery, she thought, and lively fancy-loving heart did the rest. She was affecting to write busily one Saturday afternoon, when she and Beth were alone together, yet as she scribbled she kept her eye on her sister, who seemed unusually quiet. Sitting at the window, Beth's work often dropped into her lap, and she leaned her head upon her hand in a dejected attitude, while her eyes rested on the dull autumnal landscape. Suddenly someone passed below, whistling like an operatic blackbird, and a voice called out, "'All serene! Coming in tonight!' Beth started, leaned forward, smiled and nodded, watched the passer-by till his quick tramp died away, then said softly, as if to herself, "'How strong and well and happy that dear boy looks!' "'Hum,' said Joe, still intent upon her sister's face, for the bright colour faded as quickly as it came. The smile vanished.' and presently a tear lay shining on the window-ledge. Beth whisked it off, and in her half-averted face read a tender sorrow that made her own eyes fill. Fearing to betray herself, she slipped away, murmuring something about needing more paper. "'Mercy on me! Beth loves Laurie!' she said, sitting down in her own room, pale with the shock of the discovery which she believed she had just made. "'I never dreamed of such a thing. What will Mother say? I wonder if her—' There Joe stopped and turned scarlet with a sudden thought. "'If he shouldn't love back again, how dreadful it would be! He must! I'll make him!' And she shook her head threateningly at the picture of the mischievous-looking boy laughing at her from the wall. "'Oh, dear, we are growing up with a vengeance. Here's Meg married and a mamma, Amy flourishing away at Paris, and Beth in love. I'm the only one that has sense enough to keep out of mischief.' Joe thought intently for a minute with her eyes fixed on the picture. And she smoothed out her wrinkled forehead and said, with a decided nod at the face opposite, "'No, thank you, sir. You're very charming, but you've no more stability than a weathercock. So you needn't write touching notes and smile in that insinuating way, for it won't do a bit of good, and I won't have it.' Then she sighed, and fell into a reverie from which she did not wake till the early twilight sent her down to take new observations, which only confirmed her suspicion." Though Laurie flirted with Amy and joked with Joe, his manner to Beth had always been peculiarly kind and gentle, but so was everybody's. Therefore no one thought of imagining that he cared more for her than for the others. Indeed, a general impression had prevailed in the family of late that our boy was getting fonder than ever of Joe, who, however, wouldn't hear a word upon the subject, and scolded violently if anyone dared to suggest it. If they had known the various tender passages which had been nipped in the bud, they would have had the immense satisfaction of saying, I told you so. But Joe hated philandering, and wouldn't allow it, always having a joke or a smile ready at the least sign of impending danger. When Laurie first went to college, he fell in love about once a month. But these small flames were as brief as ardent, did no damage, and much amused Joe, who took great interest in the alternations of hope, despair, and resignation, which were confided to her in their weekly conferences. But there came a time when Laurie ceased to worship at many shrines, hinted darkly at one all-absorbing passion, and indulged occasionally in Byronic fits of gloom. Then he avoided the tender subject altogether, wrote philosophical notes to Joe, turned studious, and gave out that he was going to dig, intending to graduate in a blaze of glory. This suited the young lady better than twilight confidences, tender pressures of the hand, and eloquent glances of the eye for with Joe, brain developed earlier than heart, and she preferred imaginary heroes to real ones, because when tired of them, the former could be shut up in the tin kitchen till called for, and the latter were less manageable. 
Things were in this state when the grand discovery was made, and Joe watched Laurie that night as she had never done before. If she had not got the new idea into her head, she would have seen nothing unusual in the fact that Beth was very quiet, and Laurie very kind to her. But having given the rein to her lively fancy, it galloped away with her at great pace, and common sense, being rather weakened by a long course of romance-writing, did not come to the rescue. As usual, Beth lay on the sofa, and Laurie sat in a low chair close by, amusing her with all sorts of gossip, for she depended on her weekly spin, and he never disappointed her. But that evening, Joe fancied that Beth's eyes rested on the lively dark face beside her with peculiar pleasure, and that she listened with intense interest to an account of some exciting cricket match, though the phrases, caught off a tice, stumped off his ground, and the leg hit for three, were as intelligible to her as Sanskrit. She also fancied, having set her heart upon seeing it, that she saw a certain increase of gentleness in Laurie's manner, that he dropped his voice now and then, laughed less than usual, was a little absent-minded, and settled the afghan over Beth's feet with an assiduity that was really almost tender. "'Who knows? Stranger things have happened,' thought Joe as she fussed about the room. "'She will make quite an angel of him, and he will make life delightfully easy and pleasant for the dear if they only love each other. I don't see how he can help it, and I do believe he would if the rest of us were out of the way.' As everyone was out of the way but herself, Joe began to feel that she ought to dispose of herself with all speed. But where should she go? And burning to lay herself upon the shrine of sisterly devotion, she sat down to settle that point. Now the old sofa was a regular patriarch of a sofa, long, broad, well-cushioned, and low, a trifle shabby, as well it might be, for the girls had slept and sprawled on it as babies, fished over the back, rode on the arms, and had menageries under it as children and rested tired heads, dreamed dreams, and listened to tender talk on it as young women. They all loved it, for it was a family refuge, and one corner had always been Joe's favorite lounging place. Among the many pillows that adorned the venerable couch was one hard, round, covered with prickly horsehair, and furnished with a knobby button at each end. This repulsive pillow was her especial property, being used as a weapon of defense, a barricade, or a stern preventive of too much slumber. Laurie knew this pillow well, and had cause to regard it with deep aversion, having been unmercifully pummeled with it in former days when romping was allowed, and now frequently debarred by it from the seat he most coveted next to Joe in the sofa corner. If the sausage, as they called it, stood on end, it was a sign that he might approach and repose. But if it lay flat across the sofa, woe to man, woman, or child who dared disturb it. That evening Joe forgot to barricade her corner, and had not been in her seat five minutes before a massive form appeared beside her, and with both arms spread over the sofa-back, both long legs stretched out before him, Laurie exclaimed with a sigh of satisfaction, "'Now this is filling at the price!' "'No slang!' snapped Joe, slamming down the pillow. But it was too late, there was no room for it, and coasting on to the floor it disappeared in a most mysterious manner. "'Come, Joe, don't be thorny!' After studying himself to a skeleton all the week, a fellow deserves petting, and ought to get it. Beth will pet you. I'm busy. No, she's not to be bothered with me, but you like that sort of thing. Unless you've suddenly lost your taste for it, have you? Do you hate your boy, and want to fire pillows at him? Anything more wheedlesome than that touching appeal was seldom heard, but Joe quenched her boy by turning on him with a stern query. How many bouquets have you sent Miss Randall this week? Not one, upon my word. She's engaged. Now then. I'm glad of it. That's one of your foolish extravagances, sending flowers and things to girls for whom you don't care two pins, continued Joe reprovingly. 
sensible girls for whom I do care whole papers of pins won't let me send them flowers and things. So what can I do? My feelings need a vent. Mother doesn't approve of flirting even in fun, and you do flirt desperately, Teddy. I'd give anything if I could answer so do you. As I can't, I'll merely say that I don't see any harm in that pleasant little game if all parties understand that it's only play. Well, it does look pleasant, but I can't learn how it's done. I've tried because one feels awkward in company, not. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.